My name is Vi Eastman. March 29, 2011, I was admitted to Madigan Hospital for stroke, high blood pressure, diabetic, and kidney problems. I have multiple strokes. It's all over my brain. I cannot talk. I cannot walk. I was on eight medications. And because of Jesus Christ and His mercy and grace, I'm still here. The first week I was in the hospital, the doctors and my husband were talking about sending me to a rehab center. It's very expensive. A minute later, the social worker called and explained to my husband that the VA is gonna pay for the rehab, so it's not, it's not gonna cost us any money. I was discharged from the hospital in Seattle. At that time, I was sent to uh, the Providence Hospital here in Olympia for speech therapy, and the lady speech therapist said, she's not sure if I can talk. I told her, God is gonna take care of it. So after three months, I went to get my license, driver's license, and God took care of it. God was in the, was in the middle of my problem, of my sicknesses. I'm still on six different medications, but God is good. I must have missed that the first service, because when Vi said she's driving a car again after having multiple strokes and not be able to walk and talk, I felt a little bit nervous about driving home today, I got to be honest. How many people, when they've had uh, multiple strokes and they're on eight medications, they can't walk or talk, would be lying in the hospital bed, mad at God, cursing God, and here's Vi giving God glory for what he's brought her through. And that's exactly who I want to be, is taking the hardships of my life and turning them around and being thankful to God for what he's brought us through. So Vi, thank you for sharing that. What a, what a blessing that was for her to share that with us. Um, before I forget, a couple things. If you are a newcomer, make sure after this gathering, today is June 6th, so you saw it on the video, down the hallway, just past the elevator on your left is room 205. There's going to be food that's going to go to waste if you don't come. And every uh, week, uh, every time we do a newcomer's lunch, it only happens every three months, somebody shows up, and uh, their first day there today, and we get to meet them and say hi. So that's a meet and greet. If you're new the last year and haven't come to one, we want you to come if you can. You can stop in for 10, 15 minutes, okay, and just be yourself. You can get Pastor Dave's autograph. It'll be worth coming by, okay? Uh, so please come by for that. And then um, I was supposed to say something else and I already went over my head and my wife's looking at me, I can't help you, buddy. All right. So if I remember, I will say that as well. All right. If you have a Bible today, turn to uh, Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four is our text. And we're actually preaching through the Bible. So we're preaching through, uh, we've done the first three chapters of Luke. And today we're going to do the first 13 chapters of Luke chapter four today. Um, I know what I was going to say. Today we're going to receive communion. If you didn't receive one when you came in, uh, we'll have somebody walk through. Maybe we can hand those out. So just want to make sure if you're online or uh, in person that you can be prepared for that. All right. Today's message is how to handle temptation. Because the person next to you probably is tempted once in a while. Isn't it true that all of us face temptation? 
Okay, we're gonna be talking about temptation today. And here's what I want you to know. Those of you that are like, man, I have this temptation. I have this vulnerability. I have this issue. Like there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. Nobody else deals with this. I got something the Bible says is wrong, but it feels very natural in my life. And you feel like there's something wrong with you. I'm gonna stop right now and say, temptation is common to humans. And so the only weird person here is the person who's here going, I'm never tempted. She's the weird one. The rest of us are normal, okay? We all good on that? Okay, so we're talking a bit today about temptation. In fact, in, in Luke chapter 4, we're going to open up with the fact that Jesus himself was tempted. So here we go, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, where he'd been baptized. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing at that time and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up to up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of all these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. And Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you're the son of God, jump off. For the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. And here we go. The last verse we're going to read. This one I want you to really not miss. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Let's, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, today we ask God for anointing on the message. We pray, God, that our ears could hear what you want to say to us as a church, but Lord, also as individuals. So Lord, minimize the distractions and God, break through our hearts and our minds that we might apply what we are studying today. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> They're going to fail. <laughs> Look at mama. Mama is going to go... Downstairs, I have to go get some work done. While I'm downstairs, I don't want you to eat any candy or marshmallows or cookies. When I come back upstairs, then you can eat them. Darn it! Darn it. Don't eat any. I'll be right back. No food. Yes. Hold your arms. Wait until we come back and then we can eat it, okay? She's touching. Don't eat it, James. Hey, Jamesy, no, 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 no. Jamesy, you, you put that. Okay, time's up. We're coming. Let's see if it's still there. Hey, hey, Dad. What happened? Daisy didn't fall off the roll. Oh, I'm surprised I didn't eat the cookies. Daddy, won't it. Okay. George, did you eat any of the candy when Mom was gone? Mm hmm. Were you obedient? Mm hmm. Good did, job. Did you help your sister? Yeah. 
Was James obedient? No. <gasps> what did she do? <laughs> he just touched the treats. How many of you, honestly, you're the little girl in the situation right there? Come on, be honest. I get mad at my dog for disobeying, and then I realize she has the same temperament that I do, right? Temptation. Sometimes it's cute. I shouldn't eat the marshmallow until I'm allowed to, right? It's, a, it's an area of growing in obedience while I'm a kid. But other times, temptation in our life becomes a really big deal because temptation gives birth to sin, and sin can give birth to death in our life, and sin separates us from God. So the reality is this. Temptation can destroy your world, if you're honest. And we all deal with it. So today we're going to talk about how to handle temptation in our lives. Let me uh, throw some things at you maybe you would uh, relate to. How about this? I'm tempted to withdraw. Maybe you're tempted to withdraw from others in your life. How about this? I'm tempted to just say, well, that's just the way I am. That's who I've always been. That's kind of who my personality is. That's natural to me. Maybe you say this, I'm tempted to numb myself. I'm tempted to medicate my pain. I'm tempted to compare myself to others. I'm tempted to procrastinate. I'm tempted to not leave enough margin in my life. How many are six for six with me right now? Come on. All right, we'll start a group after church. All right, here we go. Um, uh, I'm tempted uh, to have the more that I want, the more I need. I'm tempted to cut corners or to cheat on my taxes. I'm tempted to take the easy road. I'm tempted to avoid hard conversations. You thought you were so high and mighty until we got to that one, didn't you? All right. I'm tempted to make excuses in my life. Listen, we are all tempted with many things. We didn't even hit some of the main big ones that we always talk about in our world. So how to handle temptation? We all face temptation. The scripture says temptation is common to mankind. So today we're going to talk about what to do when we're facing temptation in our lives. First of all, this text about Jesus in Luke chapter 4. Uh, some of the scriptures are going to come up on the screen. What I want to get through quickly, because I have nine things I want to show you, and I'm not going to have much time to do that as we also receive uh, communion today. So the devil comes to Jesus, and by the way, the devil's real. I know a few of you are not sure, but if you'd seen what I've seen in this world, you wouldn't say that. The devil's real, and I'll just go online, and if people think I'm crazy, that's okay with me. All right? So here's the thing. Jesus told the, de- the devil, uh, Scripture says, people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil tempts Jesus again, and Jesus says, uh, the Scripture also says, you must worship the Lord your God only. And a third time the devil tempts him, and he says again, the Scriptures. The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. All three times the devil tempts Jesus, Jesus comes back with what's called in Ephesians 6, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Do you know that this is a weapon that many believers still have in its sheath at their side rather than using it to fight the battles in this life? I know it's not always easy to read the Bible, understand it, go, I perfectly get it, apply it to my life. If you just get the Bible in you, if you just begin studying it, studying it with others, asking good questions, getting good helps, being in gatherings where it's taught like this, it's going to affect your life. I remember the day I realized the reason, like every, t- every single time, Jesus quotes scripture. He takes the truth to counteract the lies of the devil. And the devil is an effective liar. Do you know a really effective liar? I mean, have you ever met somebody who's just gifted? Like, it just looks, it sounds like they believe everything they're saying. And you know it's not true. Just a master manipulator. Take that, times it by 100. Now you're starting to get where Satan is in his ability to lie to you. And your ability to believe his lies. 
So we have this situation where we have the Bible to counteract uh, the sword. We have the sword of the Spirit to counteract the devil's lies in our lives. But that last scripture, I think, is so important that we understand this, that the devil looks for an opportune time to tempt people. Even with Jesus, it says the devil left him and was looking for an opportune time to come back. Maybe you don't realize this, but the devil's really smart. He knows where you're vulnerable, and he's looking for opportunities to separate you from the Lord. He's coming at opportune times in your life. And so you and I need to stop and go, what are those times where the devil finds me easier to pick off than others? If you're not surrounded by other believers, it's one of those times. If you're dealing with a massive anger, if you've been abused and and hurt, uh, betrayed by someone, that pain in your life can open up that door for the devil to come in and say, you should not have to deal with this. This is garbage. And you deserve too. And there it goes. You and I have to be aware of the devil's plan. So today, in today's sermon, I think this is greatly going to help you. I'm going to encourage you to take notes. You might have got a sheet of paper when you came in. It has nine spots where you can take notes. Listen, you will listen better if you take notes. You can use your phone. You can use paper. You can uh, take pictures of the TV. Uh, Whatever you need to do, you can go back and watch this later. But make sure you listen because I think this is going to help us a lot. All right? Here we go. Number one. Point number one is this. Understand how temptation works. We need to understand how temptation works. Here's the reality. You can't defeat temptation if you don't understand how it affects you, how it works in your life. In the Bible, Genesis chapter 3, the devil comes to Eve and tempts her. That whole thing about you can't eat this fruit of the garden, right? And the devil lies to her and deceives her. Um, and really, there's, there's really a pattern there. The first thing is this, a, a wrong desire. Step one is a wrong desire inside of me. Temptation starts when there's a wrong desire inside of you, inside of me, and there's wrong desires inside of all of us. We're very human. This is what James says in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 14, 15. Temptation comes from our own desires, which uh, entices us, that sounds true, and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow or reign in my life, it gives birth to death. When sin is something I toy with, when temptation is something kind of, you know, not a big deal, it allows that sin to come in, which ends in death in our lives, a wrong desire inside of us. By the way, sometimes we have healthy desires, normal desires, the desire for food, for sex, for uh, the desire to breathe, the desire to be loved or to be liked by others. But sometimes in those desires, the devil can twist that. There's nothing wrong with those desires. But if they're met in the wrong way in our lives, it becomes a temptation that can lead us away from God. So temptation from wrong desires or even from right desires in uh, really the wrong time or the wrong way in our lives. And secondly, this, the, the devil loves to try to get you to doubt God's word. Did God really say you can't eat of this fruit? Did he really say that? And he begins to undermine and lie and deceive. And we are prone to listen to those words of deception in our lives. The third thing is this is is deception. It's no big deal. It doesn't really matter. In fact, when we walk full on like into temptation, I know what it is. I'm walking full on into it anyway. We're really saying this. I know what will make me happy more than God does. I got a better plan for my life than God does because he says this is wrong and it's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt others. But my plan's better. I want it. I think sometimes it's just good to just say, God, you know I'm battling here. And I'm just like going to be honest with you. I'm not going to obey. Doesn't that sound horrible? 
But isn't it horrible also to be like, you know, God, you don't really see what I'm doing, so I'm just going to do this, and you don't really know. I think it's pretty awesome just to be honest with God and then say, Lord, I was so selfish. I was so wrong. God, help me. I think we can talk to God. Listen, we can talk to God in the moment, in the midst of temptation in our lives. Sometimes we're going to blow it, and he's merciful. But if we continue to to act with how God wants us to act, if we see the deception of the enemy, we can win. And then finally, disobedience. Man, it's just like a fish on a hook, right? I I remember uh, talking with a lot of guys about purity and and still do in in our lives all the time. And and the reality is this, is when you first see something that that is, you know, lustful to you or uh, tantalizing or arousing to you, in that first moment, if you bounce your eyes and look the other way, you can be victorious 99% of the time. But if you allow your mind to linger, if you allow fantasy to kind of make its home in your heart, and if you look too long, you're like that fish fish that's swimming around that worm and attacks that thing, and all of a sudden you're hooked, and the disobedience leads you where you never wanted to go. And you've all been there. You've all been there. Disobedience. I call it like this. Sometimes you're like, well, I know if I were to step over that ledge, something bad can happen. So I don't want to step over the line. I just want to get close enough up to the line to see what it looks like. But I'm not going to fall in. Trust me. Right? And what happens? All of a sudden you you wake up and you go, how did I get here? What happened here? Listen, the wisdom is to avoid the situation where you're, you're tiptoeing up to the edge of sin in the first place. I know how human I am. I'm not going to tiptoe up to the line. I need to do this differently. So here we go. Number two, uh, really important as we walk through this. The first one uh, was understand how temptation works, right? The devil's going to come and deceive and, and try to get you to disobey. Here's the second point. Know what makes you vulnerable to sin. Okay, we're going to stop and ask this question. What makes you vulnerable to sin? The Bible says, do not give the devil a foothold in your life because the devil is looking for leverage in your life. He's looking for leverage in your life. He's not too busy working on missionaries and pastors and all those things. You're important because God loves you. He wants to separate you from God, so he's trying to find leverage in your life. He's trying to get a foothold, a stranglehold in your life. So let me ask this uh, question. What will discourage you? What will anger you? What will lead you to sin? What will hurt your relationships with the people you love? Do you know the devil's looking for that? And finally, what will make you feel ashamed? What will make you walk around in shame and not victorious in your life? I, I'm worthless. I'm, I'm bad. I'm evil. I'm wrong. I, oh, man, I should know better. The devil wants you to walk in shame. God wants you to be forgiven. Hold your head high and walk in victory because you're forgiven by the grace of God. I remember this guy came to me one time and he said, I should never pray with anybody because I had so many purity issues in my life. I felt like I was worthless. And he said, one day I joined a group of guys that were trying to work on their purity. And we have groups like that in our church. You can, you can ask about them, inquire at the information you know, table. You can email us. And um, he said, you know, the other day I was at the hospital. And we went and visited a guy that was there in the hospital. And, he, and they said, well, hey, well, one of you guys pray with me. And he said, I used to look around the room and say, somebody, somebody should pray with him who's a holy, good person a real Christian. And he said, but I, I wasn't feeling shame for the first time in, in many years. And he said, the moment they asked for prayer, I said, I want to pray for you because I had confidence and boldness in my life because the devil wasn't shaming me any longer. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. Know what makes you vulnerable to sin. What will discourage you? What will make you angry? The Bible says, guard your heart above all else. It determines the course of your life. 
So listen, when you feel negative emotions, you are vulnerable. Don't pretend that you're not. When you feel those negative emotions, when you got ripped off, when you got cut off, when someone betrayed you, when you feel hurt, those negative emotions, the devil's looking to exploit your vulnerability and leverage that in your life. To defeat temptation, I think it's important that we don't start with our behavior. We kind of go, you know, how do I just stop smoking this? Or how do I just stop eating too much? Or how do I stop letting my mouth run off? And you're focused on the behavior. And I think the reality is this, we want to instead focus on our thoughts and the feelings that we're having uh, that come out from those thoughts in our lives. Because Satan plays with your emotions, he manipulates your mood, and he speaks lies to you. I think the devil loves to, to like put a thought in the back of your mind. I'm not sure entirely how much dominion the devil has, but he's powerful. Right? He's a limited amount of power. But he puts a thought in the back of your mind. Then he runs around to the front of your face and he says, look at that in your life. How horrible are you that you're thinking that thought? The thought is not even yours. And he's trying to get you to feel guilty for something that he's trying to plant in your life. And for a lot of us, it works. Right? Don't let that work in your life. The devil says things like this. You're not good enough. You're unattractive. You're broken. You're stupid. No one else has it rough like you do. And he tries to bring that misery into your life which opens the door to temptation and sin in your life. In Proverbs chapter five, there's a story about a young man who's walking kind of unaware down the street and he's easily seduced and he's easily brought low because he has no awareness of where he is or what he's walking into. Listen, if you're gonna be victorious, if by the end of this life, your life, or the end of this world, whichever comes first, if you're gonna be victorious, it means you're walking forward expecting a battle. And knowing where you're vulnerable and being aware and alert to the devil's plan in your life. So I want to do this little exercise. It's going to require a little math on your part. How many are good at math? How many sitting next to somebody that might be able to help you? All right, there we go. All right. It's not going to be real hard. I'm going to give you uh, 10 things. And I'm going to ask you to score yourself on a 0, 1, 2, 3, or 4. So 0 being like on the left side, 4 on the right side. So here we go. Here's these 10 things. Are you physically, currently in your life right now today, are you physically exhausted? That would be like a 0 or a 1. Or are you energetic and in shape? Some of you right now, you feel physically fit. You feel good. You feel got a good night's sleep. You're, you're young. We all hate you. And you're, you're just, you know, good to go. So you're energetic and in shape. So give yourself like a 0 or a 1, maybe a 2 if you're right down the middle, or a 3 or 4 if you're energetic or in shape. You can write this down in your, in your notes, whatever you're doing. Okay, how about this one? You're discouraged uh, in your life or you're pessimistic or you're encouraged and you're optimistic because if you're discouraged, guess what? More vulnerable, right? And so we can walk through all 10 of these. Are you bored? Are you discontent or are you challenged? And are you, are you content in your life? Are you spiritually dry? Be honest. Or, or are you spiritually growing? Some of us are empty. We need to say, I'm a one right now. All right? Are, are you lonely? Are you uh, distant? Or do you feel loved and close to others around you? Are you insecure or are you unsure or are you confident and secure? Are you deeply wounded and hurt or are you understood? Do you feel understood and valued? Like these are your feelings, right? So let's be honest, emotionally where we're at. Are you holding on to unforgiveness or have you forgiven others? Are you sad and grieving um, and probably legitimately or are you, uh, uh, are you feeling happy? And then are you frustrated or are you fulfilled and productive? Now, I'm going to ask you to just take a moment. For a lot of you at home especially, you can take time. You can even pause the video. But, you know, obviously, if you, like, said, hey, I'm a four at all these things, you're a 40, okay? Like, you're just rocking it. And if you're a one at all these, maybe you're 10. Or if you're a two or three, so maybe kind of get an idea. And this is what I want to remind you of right here, right now, because some, some of you, you need, like, a timeout. 
This is your time out with temptation. Here we go. 35 to 40, man, you're in great shape. Keep going down that path. That's not very many of us, but it's awesome if it's you. In fact, if it's you, let's do lunch because I want you to kind of bleed off onto me. All right, 25 to 35, you're vulnerable and you need to be careful because you are vulnerable. When you're vulnerable, you're easy pickings for the enemy. 15 to 25, you're in extreme danger. In fact, you're being set up for a fall if you're just living there. And then finally, less than 15 points, you're in a crisis. You're in a crisis right now, and you probably don't even know it, and you need help. If you want to take a picture of this screen, I want to encourage you to do so. If you want to come back and watch this message on our website, you can do that as well. But can I just stop for a moment and just challenge you? You know, some of you, you're just kind of like, I'm just doing what I'm always doing. I'm just, I'm just getting by how I'm getting by. No, I don't feel good. No, I'm not emotionally healthy. No, I'm not getting a good night's sleep. Uh, yes, I'm dealing with sadness in my life. Um, yes, I'm feeling lonely. And you just kind of just go, I don't know why I'm falling into temptation. You're not emotionally healthy. And you're easier to pick off because of that in your life. Today might be a wake-up call for some of us. And if it is, listen, if you're like 25 and under, would you do me a big favor? Will you just tell someone? Just find one friend and just say, hey, I did this like little self-test at church today. I added up the numbers in my head. And I, I realized, whoa, I need to make some changes. This is not good. Follow through with that in your life. Because listen, the devil's trying to find leverage on you where you feel weak and he can get right through the holes in your heart. All right? Don't let that happen. Find somebody, get some help. Number three is this. Learn my pattern of temptation, right? Learn my pattern of temptation. The Bible says the prudent understand where they are going, but fools deceive themselves. Let me ask you some questions. When are you most tempted? When? Like, like seriously, what part of the day are you most tempted in your life? I had somebody after uh, the last service came in and said, man, for me, it's always the morning. Always the morning is when I feel most tempted. Uh, for me, it's the evening. I was talking to somebody else, and they said, man, the afternoon, that part of the day that kind of slows down, and it just kind of, ah, uh, I just don't, you know, care for it. Like, when for you, are you aware what part of your day you are most tempted? Let me ask you another question. Where are you most tempted? What place are you at where you are most tempted in your life? Some of you, there's places you just don't go because you know that's a place of temptation for you. And so you just used to go there. You don't go there anymore. Other people can do things that you can't do. By the way, it's maturity to say this isn't necessarily wrong for you, but I can't do it because of my past and my issues. And if you don't understand that, it's okay. I'm just going to avoid it because my relationship with God is so important to me that I'm just not going to join you in that activity, even though it's maybe not wrong for you. Man, that's, that's maturity. How about this? Who is with me when I'm most tempted? Can we identify those people uh, that we feel most tempted when we're with that's an important question for you to ask. How about this? Uh, what temporary benefit do I get if I give in? So we've asked when and where and who, but here's this question. What temporary benefit do I get if I give in? If I give in to this temptation, do I get a little pleasure? Do I get a little contentment? Do I get a little high off of this? Do I get to feel vindicated about this? What is it that I really get for this? What is this little short-term pleasure that's going to cost me and going to separate me from God? And then lastly, how do I feel right before I'm tempted? Am I lonely? Am I angry? Am I upset with someone else? When, where, how, what, 
And how do I feel right before I'm tempted? What is my feeling? Sometimes we need to honestly say, God, the way I feel right now, I should not be alone. I can't be alone right now the way I feel. I got to go be around somebody. I got to find, go find somebody that's like, you know, loves Jesus and uh, wants to hang out with me. I got to go do that. Hebrews 11 says, uh, there's pleasure in sin for a moment. And it's true, there's pleasure in sin for a moment. But there's a cost. There's always a cost to the devil's plan for your life. Listen, uh, we need to be aware of where we're vulnerable. Number four is this, plan to avoid those situations. Plan to avoid those situations. Like some of you, you like alcohol is an issue for you, so you're just like, hey man, because of my past, because of my story, because of what God's brought me through, I can't come watch the game with you at that sports bar just because it's me, and I can't do that, right? Um, you know, we have different issues that we're vulnerable to in our lives. Purity, uh, food, alcohol. How about this one, driving in traffic. I don't do well driving in traffic. I've gotten saved, but my driving has not gotten saved yet. You know what I'm talking about? And this is going to sound so stupid to like 95% of you. The other 5%, we're family. We're working on it, okay? But listen, the reality is this. What time I leave to go to Seattle on I-5 can impact my spiritual life. Because I can say all kinds of things that come out of my mouth that other people, even outside of the car, who are around me, right? I mean, you just get mad at everybody, right? In the car, outside of the car. This is not going well. I get frustrated, like, I'm not shaving enough minutes off my GPS time. What's wrong with me? Like, and why is there all this, you know, it just, it just, for some reason, that's a bad place for me. I don't do well. Some of you guys commute. You're amazing. You can do that. I can be around alcohol. It has zero, zero impact on me. You need to know where you're vulnerable. What issues the devil will try to use to separate you from the Lord in your life. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26, make out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So what situations do you need to plan ahead and around in your life? Listen, some of you, you're allergic to bees, so you make sure that you don't hang out where there's bees. In fact, when we see where we're around bees, you take off running, you know, like Potiphar's wife is chasing you or something. Like, what's, what's up with that, right? Because you know it's a serious thing for you. It's a big deal for you. What situations are you vulnerable to that maybe others aren't? Be aware of that. Understand that. Number five is this. Cry out to God and quote scripture. In case of emergency, break glass, cry out to God, and quote the scripture. Right? Jesus quoted scripture. We just talked about that. And cry out to God. Psalm chapter 50 says this. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you. The Lord loves to rescue you. He rescues you when you've messed up. He rescues you before you've messed up. He rescues you when you come to him. Listen, I was going to say find three scriptures that help you when you're vulnerable. I think maybe just find one. Just have a go-to scripture like, hey, I'm feeling vulnerable right now. I'm walking through temptation right now. I, I, I need to quote a scripture right now because I need to not go into this like swordless. I need to fight. So what is your scripture? I remember as a kid, I memorized a scripture in the King James Version actually. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've gotten truth inside of me, and it will help guide me. It'll be a light of my, on my path, and it'll keep me from falling away from God. What is the scripture that you want to use in your life? Man, I, you would almost daily, I say, no, I'm going to think about things that are good and true and honest and pure. I'm not going to think these discouraging thoughts. I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to get off social media. I'm going to turn off the news. And I'm not going to let that person's opinion or statement affect me today. Instead, 
I'm going to fill my thoughts with other things. Anybody else? You've got to find your scripture that brings you out of that bad place in your life. You're not somehow like, you know, yet powerless to this. You get to make a choice what your mind is thinking about in your life. Hebrews chapter 4 says this, Jesus understands our weaknesses. Hallelujah. Jesus understands our weaknesses. He faced the same temptations, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to our gracious God, where we will receive mercy and grace to help us when we need it, which is like every day in our lives. Listen, I want to remind you of this. You're never going to outgrow temptation. You're not going to go like, I heard a great message on temptation. Now I got it covered, right? That's not going to happen for you. It's part of living in this broken, fallen world that we live in. But here's a couple keys. Um, It's not a sin to be tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to temptations. So recognize the temptation and make a change and make it quickly. Don't dance around it. Don't play with it. Recognize it and make a change. It's not a sin to be tempted. We're all tempted. It's a sin to give in to that temptation. Satan loves to point fingers at you. But listen, you're not responsible for the, th- the thoughts that Satan puts in your mind. You're responsible with what you do with those thoughts. So you might be having some thoughts and be like, that is a violent thought. That is a sexually impure thought. That is a selfish thought. I can't believe I, I even thought that in my mind. Lord, I don't know if that was me or the devil, but I just reject it. That's not me, and I'm not choosing to think, think about that. I go a different direction. You can do that. You know you can do that? Lord, I mean, if anybody in the else sitting in this room right now heard, knew what I was just thinking, they would just be like shocked. And Lord, I don't know if that was me or the devil or just the movie I watched last night or last night's lasagna, right? But Lord, I'm not going there because that's not who I want to be. You get to say that. You get to do that. You're not responsible for the thoughts that Satan puts in your mind. You're just responsible for what you do with those thoughts in your life. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to temptation. Number six, refocus my attention on something else. Capture every thought. Make it obedient to Christ. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil with good. Listen, don't fixate on what you're trying to resist. Don't think about salty french fries right now. Don't think about that hot fudge sundae and those salty french fries. Stop thinking about those those amazing french fries, right? When you begin to think about that, you fixate on it. Isn't it good to say, instead of thinking about this, I'm going to leave the room and I'm going to do something else with my mind and my thoughts. Seriously, sometimes you got to leave the room. Like Potiphar's wife is like coming on to Joseph and Joseph's like, I'll just sit here and just let her seduce me. That'll be a good idea, right? No, like you get up and you move and you leave. You refocus your attention on something else. Go for a walk. Leave the room. Don't let the devil set the hook in your life. My prayer for you is the devil just goes, I'm so tired of bring, trying to bring that person down. It's just hard to bring down. And then number seven, join a group. Join a life group for support. We all need support in our lives. Join a group. Uh, find others. And God, God wired us to need others. There's no lone rangers. You're easy pickings for Satan if you decide you're going to do this on your own. And here's the reality. A lot of us during this time, like we got isolated. And some of us don't have the same relationships that we normally have. And if you're isolated, the devil enjoys trying to fight with you. The, je- the devil enjoys trying to pick you off. You need others around you. 
Satan is a sniper. He loves to come after you. The Bible says clearly this. Here's a scripture. Uh, really, this is good for seven and eight. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But um, someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Some of you, you're in real trouble because you're so inward. You don't like to confess and talk about your struggles. Find the person. Like some of you, you talk about your struggles too much. We're tired of hearing it, okay? Let's just be honest. But I would rather you be open and honest and talk too much about your issues than try to work on it all by yourself. I got to get this figured out. Just me and God. Just me and God. I can't. You know, I, try being a pastor sometime. Who do you go to and go, I am really ticked off. I got anger issues. I got to fight on my hands. I got to find somebody and talk to somebody. Listen, we got to get that out. Amen. And some of you, like the greatest thing you could do after this message today is just like, I'm going to go find one person and it's going to take everything I have in me, God. But I will do it because I know I need to and I'm going to say the words. I'm going to say what somebody else did that hurt me. Or I'm going to say what I did that I'm ashamed of. Or I'm going to share the battle that I'm in and it's going to help me. It's going to take away. Listen, when you say it out loud, when you find somebody, do you know like, like your, your chance of winning that temptation goes up like 90%? If you just say it out loud, if you stop fighting it on your own, that's the greatest thing many of you could do today. Just go, I'm going to go find someone and I'm just going to say it out loud. And I'm not going to be in this inward battle. This is what we like. Like confess our sins to God. Mm-hmm, got it. Confess your sins to one another. Nope. Nope. Can't do that. Why? What's so scary? Do you know the issues that they have in their life? Confess your sins to each other. Find a group for support. Find somebody else in your life. Find a triad. Um, other people who are willing to struggle and struggle with you. We're all in the same boat. We all need God's grace. Number eight is, as along with that, enlist one friend to share my struggles with. And I, I would encourage you this. Hey, look, um, <clears throat> tell your friend, look, I'm, I'm giving you permission to check up on me. I'm telling you where I struggle in my life and my relationship with God, my impatience, my lust, my envy, my pride, my greed, my comparison uh, in my life. Not being able to bite my tongue when I need to. And, and, and I'm, I'm asking you to help me in this battle. The scripture says, admit your faults to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. If, if Jesus comes running at you with mercy in his eyes, find somebody like Jesus who will come with you with mercy. I have a friend and I get together with this friend. It doesn't matter how long it's been, we can get together. I, I'm not kidding you. I can pull up in a city an hour away from here. I can get out of the car and this friend can say this. Hey, how's sexual purity in your life? Hi, nice to see you too, right? He can say, hey, you were telling me a, a certain weight that you wanted to keep your, your, your weight at. Where's that weight right now in your life? There's nothing that's too personal, right? Because I've said, talk to me about my marriage. Talk to me about my purity. Talk to me about my health. Talk to me about my mental health. Ask me tough questions. I want you to because I want to be close to the Lord. Amen? You got to find people like that in your life. Give them permission. Give them the list of questions. They ask me about this. Man, we all need that. Free reign of questions. Someone who sees your blind sides that you don't even see about yourself. Someone who can open up to you and you can open up to them and you can have this David and Jonathan kind of close relationship. Just push each other forward. Iron sharpens iron. Finally, number nine is this. Remember that God is on your side. Remember that God is on my side. My favorite verse in Temptation 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It says this, the temptations in your life are no different than what others experience. They're common to man. And God is faithful. 
God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted, uh, to the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. The Bible says that God gives us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. Amen? Man, God loves to forgive. God provides a way out. Not only does God help us when we're in temptation, but if we mess up, God forgives us and gets us back out of that dirt and that mire and picks us up and says, no, you can still live this life that you were called and created to live. I want to ask if you put all nine of those back up on the screen. Because I think that here, this is probably a good screen to take a picture of. But I think there's something on this list for you. I think these nine things might help us for the rest of our lives. How does temptation work? What makes me vulnerable? What is my pattern of temptation? What, what, how do I avoid certain situations? Well, how can I plan to do that? How can I quote scripture in my life? And which one is it going to be? And how can I put my attention on something else rather than what I'm fixating on that's tempting in my life? Do I have a group? Do I have a friend that I can share with? And do I know that I know that I know that God's not trying to trip me up, but God is on my side? When, God, when you are tempted, don't blame God when you're tempted. The devil loves to tempt you. God loves to deliver you, to forgive you, and heal you. Amen? So we take a moment and just, maybe just bow our heads for just a few minutes. Today's a very practical message for all humans. Because temptation is a human condition, whether you're trying to follow Jesus or you're not. So Lord, here we are. We're all facing temptation somewhere in our life. Lord, you know our habits and you know those temptations. You know everything that trips us up. You know everything, God, that has tripped us up for decades. You know it all. And so, Lord, we're asking for your help. We're seeking divine intervention in our lives. Lord, help us to see the patterns in our lives that lead to temptation. Lord, help, help us to see the emotions that make us vulnerable. Lord, make us wise. Help us to recognize them. Lord, give us strength to avoid the situations that get us in trouble, the people, the places, the activities that we just simply need to avoid. And Lord, when we're in an emergency situation, help us to cry out to you and quote scripture. Help us to refocus our attention on other things. Lord, renew hope in our lives if we have bought the lie that we can never change. Lord, deliver us from evil. Lord, we can't handle it by ourselves. We need you, but we also need others. Lord, there are some here today, it's just hard for us to get the words out. We know that everybody struggles, but even knowing that, it's still hard to get those words out. Lord, help us to be a trustworthy person that someone else could, could talk with. Lord, help us to have that person in our lives. Lord, don't let us battle alone. Don't let us battle inwardly. 
with other soldiers in the battle. Lord, we need a friend like that. Lord, do heart surgery on us. Remove the negative emotions. Make us aware of our vulnerabilities. Jesus, make changes in our lives. Be the leader of my life. Lord, forgive me. Save me, Lord, not just from hell, but Lord, save me from myself. I think God is speaking, and if you're listening, maybe if God's even saying something to you, whispering something to you from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit never condemns you, but he does convict you because he loves you. I want to encourage you to write that down and continue prayer. We're going to be transitioning to a time of communion. When you walked in, you might have received a little cup that has juice and bread in it. Jesus knew that we were going to struggle. And Jesus knew that once sin had entered our lives, that we can't enter into heaven without God's forgiveness. In the Old Testament, they would butcher a lamb. Instead of it being like in a butcher shop or something today, the people would see it publicly and realize how important blood is to life. And Jesus did something incredulous He showed up to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He said, I'm going to go to the cross. My body be broken. My blood will be spilled out because I'm going to atone for your sins. I'm going to be the scapegoat. The sins of the world be placed upon my head. And I will die for the sins of the world. But in three days, I will rise again. Bible says that we should examine ourselves maybe confess any sins in our life ask God to speak to us so if you hold on to the bread and the cup if you will just for a couple minutes I'm going to ask the team to lead us in a song and I'm going to ask you just just kind of wait on God say Lord what changes should I make in my life if he's already been speaking to you then let him continue to speak to you for a couple minutes and then we'll all receive communion together
strong enough and no one's strong enough to carry us all the way home except for you Lord you're strong enough you're the only one who can forgive our sins all the words all the actions all the thoughts every moment we miss the mark and thought of ourselves Jesus, you forgive. The Bible says that Jesus broke the bread and he passed it to his believers, his followers. And he said, my, my body will be broken for you. Let's eat this bread in remembrance of Jesus. Lord, without blood, there is no life. Lord, when your blood was spilled, your life on earth ended. But our hope began when the resurrection destroyed the power of sin and death. Lord, today we don't walk in any shame. Today we walk in victory that we can win in temptation. And you pick us up even when we fall. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness for all of our sins. In Jesus' name, let's drink the cup together. God is merciful and he has mercy for you. God has mercy for you. Listen, you don't lose in faith until you stop fighting and give up. So be a fighter. 
uh, you haven't been baptized in water, I want to encourage you. We're going to have this incredible baptism three weeks from today at the river. And maybe God is speaking to you and say, you've never on your own decided, I'm following Jesus. I'm repenting of my sins. I'm going to get baptized. If that's you, make sure you stop by the information counter. And if you have not come to Newcomer's Lunch yet, and you want to swing by the room for, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes and just say hi to some people, just pass the elevator on your left. We'd love to have you join us for that Newcomer's Lunch, uh, even if you didn't sign up for that, all right? Man, God bless you. Have an incredible, incredible week in the Lord. Let's fight together for our faith. Have a great day.